Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Brendan Kumarasamy about developing effective public speaking and presentation skills to drive greater impact in our careers. Brendan Kumarasamy, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. It's great to be on. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat. Um, you you really are an expert in the areas of um, public speaking and just really making an impact through your interaction with, with other people. Um, and so the topic for today really will be right around that. How do we make sure that we uh, have a, a bigger impact with our public speaking? How do we do that both in person? How can we do it better online? Uh, all those sorts of things. Uh, for the listeners, Brendan is the founder of Master Talk, a YouTube channel he started to help the world master the art of public speaking and communication. He coaches purpose-driven entrepreneurs on how to master their message and share their ideas with the world. And we all know that that is how important and vital that is. Uh, you can have the best ideas, you can have the best content, but if you don't know how to share it effectively uh, in a way that resonates with people, that they can latch onto it and run with it, then you know it's kind of like the the tree falling in a forest when no one's there. You know, did it actually make a sound? And you know, I I think we spend a lot of time spinning our wheels trying to to uh, generate insights and content and things like that and then and then it's just lost um so i'm excited to talk to you um uh, selfishly for myself because i think you'll have good insights for me on what i can do better uh, but also for the listeners and and for for uh everyone who's who's just trying to make a bigger impact uh brendan anything you'd like to add uh in terms of your background uh anything about yourself before we really dive on in Oh, that was a great introduction. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, so where did the idea for Master Talk come from? Uh, and maybe you could tell us just a little bit about, about your background and how you got to, to launching that. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was in university, when I went to business school, I used to compete in these things called case competitions. So for those who don't know, think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So instead of going to a football team or a baseball team and having a, a sports coach yell at you three times a week or five times a week, depending on how unlucky you were, I did the same thing with presentations. So I presented three to five times a week. I coached a lot of the new people who would enter this program. And a lot of senior executives of companies, so think about think McKinsey, Deloitte, IBM, a lot of those big conglomerates. A lot of those executives, instead of spending their time with their families in the evenings, would come to our university and grill us on our presentations. So what happened with me is in three years, I learned decades worth of communication skills. So when, by the time I had graduated and secured a job in HR transformation at 
IBM, I was just as good at public speaking as many of the partners or the senior executives at the company that I was working at. So the next question for me became, how can I use my time and expertise rather than just the money that I make to make an impact on the world? And that's when the idea for, for Master Talk came to be. Awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit of, more about Master Talk, um, how it's developed, uh, and kind of where you sit right now in, in the efforts that you're putting in there. Yeah, for sure. So just to be completely transparent, so when I started, uh, I didn't really take MassDrug really seriously. I, I, you know, my goal was to be senior executive of a company. I was mostly focused on that. But a lot of the people I was coaching at university kept asking me for YouTube resources. They said, hey, Brendan, we want to learn from you because we don't know how you learned public speaking. For the record, I actually self-taught myself. There was much resources I used. But as I started making videos gradually over time, literally in my mother's basement with my phone in the dark, a lot of people started tuning in. They said, this, this content's pretty good. You should keep making it. And over time, it started to happen as I was saving more money from work, as I just went fully professional, started investing a lot more because I saw the greater need for this. It wasn't just about the university students in my local city. It was about every single person who wants to make a difference in the world who doesn't currently have access to free communication tools. So now my, my goal is to actually coach everybody on public speaking and to be the world's greatest public speaking coach, not for ego or anything, but so when people think about public speaking, they think about me so that they can leverage a lot of the free resources I have to offer. Yeah, that's great. And again, you know, we all need this. We, we all need to learn how to communicate better. And I fall victim to it as much as anybody. You know, I, I, I would like to think that I have a good way of seeing things. I have insights to share, uh, impacts to make. And, and I recognize fully that sometimes uh, I'm, I'm simply not having the effect that I'm hoping to, to have uh, because I'm clumsy in the way I'm going about communicating it or I'm not finding the best way to frame the messaging or the, 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 the deliveries off or whatever. You know, there's like all these different things that go into effective communication. And let's be honest, you know, most people um, that fall into our line of work, uh, you, you're in HR transformation. I do a lot of HR uh, leadership, uh, change management types of, um, of work. You know, most people who find themselves in, in this kind of arena, they're not master uh, public speakers. They're not master communicators. Um, they're... they're analytical thinkers, they, they're creative, they, they're able to look at systems and, and understand the components and how to drive change, you know, all those elements with, that are really important. But again, I, I can have the best insights, I can have the best ideas and go before a C-suite group of executives. And if I can't pitch it well, and if I can't help create buy-in and get them to see my vision for, for the issues that I'm seeing and how they need to change it, nothing's going to happen. And ultimately I just will not have the impact that I'm hoping to have. So I, I, I think it's, it's great that you're providing these resources uh, and sharing, sharing that expertise, that experience, that knowledge uh, with others so they can just improve. Absolutely. I appreciate you saying that. So I'm curious what you think, uh, what's, what's the biggest challenge? Like what do most people face in terms of, hurdle to just get their message out there and, and to be more effective. Absolutely. So the biggest challenge with public speaking is most people don't actually know how to practice it properly. So think about learning a new skill, whether it's piano, basketball, or really even singing a song, frankly. 
So what happens is in those types of skills, you're always focused on small tasks that you do hundreds of times. So think about the piano. You play a song. Sure, you can try 15 others, but the best way of going about it is practicing the same song 50 times so that you can show off to all your friends and family that you actually know how to play something. And that gives you a quick win that you need to then share your message with the world and, and practice more songs as you go about it. But we don't apply that rationale to public speaking. So let's say it's Wednesday, your teacher, your boss, your client gives you a presentation for Friday. Hey, Brenda, I need you to do this history presentation on this and so and so. So you get your presentation together, you present it after two days of preparation, you take the presentation, you crumble it, move on to the next one, because then you have your math presentation, you have your English presentation. But the best speakers in the world only present one or two topics, but they do it hundreds of times. So think about Seth Godin, who's a good example of this, or Gary Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins, or really any great speaker that comes to mind. They only present the same thing, but they do it so many times until it's perfect. So practice makes perfect, I guess, is, is a central message there. Uh, or as my kids like to say, um, uh, perfect, pra perfect practice makes perfect. Or uh, another way of looking at, at it is practice makes permanent. Um, so, you know, we just, we need repetition. We just do. Um, and I found that to be the case in my life when I'm in various uh, situations presenting content. Um, you know, sometimes I get bored with it because I feel like I'm, I'm saying the same thing over and over again. But there's no question if I've presented something, you know, dozens of times, uh, it just is better. It just comes off um, more powerfully than when I'm kind of fumbling through trying to get through that same kind of idea the first, second, third, fourth time. So there's no replacement for just the, the fact that we need to, to practice. We need to um, exercise the presentation muscle and, uh, and that will get us uh, a long way. Absolutely. And, and just to build on that, what I, what your kids mentioned is perfect. Like perfect practice is essential because if you're practicing a hundred times on a hundred different presentations, you're not going to go anywhere with that because you won't be able to see your incremental improvements from that one speech. So I'll give you an example here. So I've given my keynote probably 300 times now. So the first time that I did it, I wasn't very good. I didn't know where the stories were going. Everything was pretty vague. And then as I got to try 50, 100, 150, I'm, I'm asking very different questions about my presentation now, even if I'm presenting it over and over again, which is what emotions do I want my, myself to convey in this slide? How, are, how am I using my analogies to make sure that this is very crisp and easily understood? And what kind of jokes or uses or analogies can I use on re repetition with new types of crowds that will be the most effective? So when I started presenting, I used to spend my introductions talking about my client list and my accolades, frankly, because I was very insecure because I was coaching a lot of C-level executives, but I was in my early 20s. So I was just saying, oh, geez, like, oh, this is not great. So, I, so just to validate and make myself credible, I did that a lot. Okay, this is my expertise. But over time, what I learned was the C-level executive, frankly, doesn't care about my accomplishments because if I add value, they won't really care how old I am as long as that person is open-minded, of course. So that's one of those lessons that you just wouldn't get if you just opened up a new door to just present something new again. 
Yeah, that's that's great. I think we so often fall into that exact same trap that you were just describing. Um, you he also you qualified it. You said as long as they're open minded, like we we get it. There are people. You everyone has biases, and and sometimes that does bleed in. And so you know there are some people that you probably would have to list off your long list of credentials in order for them to take you seriously. But perhaps they're not the ones that you want to spend your time with, anyways. Right? Exactly. Um, well, good. So, so practice is important. Um, what, what would you suggest, uh, for the listeners? Like what's that one thing they can start working on tomorrow to, to start having really effective practice and, and making a difference? Absolutely. I would say it's to create a repeatable presentation. So a question I get a lot, especially from university students is, well, Brendan, like I have this history class and I can, obviously can't present this a hundred times. I only have to do it once and then I have to move on to the next thing. So how do I fix this issue? So then I go, okay, Julia, that's cool. You have history class to deal with. But outside of that, what do you like to do? So then she would say something like, oh, well, I mentor a group of young teenagers on mental health or on marketing because I love marketing and I like to run. So what I tell Julia is, as I say, you, you just gave me two repeatable presentations. And then she goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, you can make a presentation on the benefits of running and how it's transformed your life. You can make a presentation on marketing because you're marketing to kids. You're solving a problem for someone else. And you can do that with new types of kids and audiences. And then three, since you're a mental health advocate, you can make a presentation deck on the benefits on mental health and what we can do as strategies and tools to make that better. But you can do that over and over again. So what happens is let's say you take mental health as an example here. Let's say Julia presents that to three people, but one of them implements the strategies and emails her or texts her and says, hey, Julia, this is really helpful. I actually started doing X, Y, and Z. Now what's going to happen is Julia is going to be excited now and going to say, oh, I want to present this to 10 people. I want to present this to 100 people. And then she's going to be on her way. That's great. And I think we, we all have those stories within us. Uh, we just have to be able to identify them. Uh, we have to be a little bit creative about how we might be able to apply them to different scenarios, different contexts, uh, and then we can build off them. So that's, that's a really great uh, tip there, I think, uh, for people to really take a, a step forward. Um, why do you think we struggle so much? with public speaking. I mean, it's, it's people dread it. Um, they have a lot of stress and anxiety around it. And maybe that's why people don't practice as much is because they're insecure and they, they don't like the way they feel when they're doing it. And so they just want to go and get it done and get it over with and move on. I'm not quite sure um, all the kind of psychology behind it. Um, but what do you think? Like what, what's the, the main hurdle? Why, why are, do people struggle with it so much? For sure. And I've asked this, this question myself for the longest time. And I believe the answer lies in the place where everyone does all their presentations, which is the classroom. If you think about it, none of the presentations we give in our lives are for fun. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, Jonathan, you want to get breakfast and present all day? Doesn't happen. We're in high school. We're in college. We're in university. And, you know, let's, I, I hate picking on history. I know people like history, but I'm just using that as an example. You know, they give you a presentation. They say, hey, Jonathan, Brenda, I need you to do a presentation on the Renaissance. And you're sitting there thinking, is this like a fruit? You know, you, you come up with some great ideas. You want to get a good grade. 
and you present to a buzzkill of an audience. You never get to pick the topic and it's not, you're generally not passionate about it. The students who are listening, frankly, don't care to be blunt, not because they don't care about the person who's there, but because they're worried about their own presentation. They're sitting there thinking, oh, geez, I have to go there in like 10 minutes. And then you have the teacher who's very competent, well-educated, very well-intentioned, but super stressed. She or he has 30 presentations to go to in two classes. They're not just going to say, hey, Brendan, let me sit you down for 10 minutes and give you one-on-one personal coaching on public speaking. They're stressed out of their minds. That's why teachers burn out a lot. They can't deal with that kind of stuff. They don't have that bandwidth. The education system doesn't give them that. So when you're always practicing in this environment to topics you don't get to pick or are passionate about, to students who don't want to hear you because they're worried about their own presentation, and to teachers who are frankly just stressed out of their minds because of the way that we you know, put a lot of pressure on them. It's no wonder we're all scared of public speaking. Frankly, it's normal. That's why we need to shift public speaking from a responsibility, a chore, as something that we don't want to do, as an obligation to work or school to an impact, to something that can make a difference, to something that can impact millions of lives. Think about this podcast. You as Jonathan need to be a great speaker because that's the best way you'll be able to facilitate conversations and gain more exposure to people that you can make an impact with. So that's the way I want people to see it. Excellent. How about, you know, we're doing this virtually. We're, we're on Zoom right now and we're, we're having this exchange. Um, are, are there different ways to be effective in a virtual environment versus when I, you know, we're in the same room together and there's the energy in the room and, you know, we can build off of all those things. How about the, the virtual environment and how can we be effective? Absolutely. So the way that we think about, we need to think about it is to first acknowledge how difficult online presentations are relative to in-person ones so that we can add that extra effort and add that extra punch into our presentations. I'll give an example that simplifies this. If, you, if we're in the same room, John, but then I say a joke, I, it's either going to be funny. You're either going to laugh and say, oh, haha, Brendan's such a funny guy, or you're just not going to laugh. You're going to say, this guy is not funny. But either way, I'll know. So if, you're, if nobody's laughing at my jokes, at least I know for next time, I'm not a funny person. I should probably stick to the data or something. But the challenge with online presentations is the following. When you say the same joke, you need to assume it's funny. What does that mean? Because I can't see how people are reacting anymore because I'm literally on a screen with slides and I can't see the faces of the people. I have to have so much confidence in myself and my ability to execute the joke, even if I don't see you laughing, that I have to say it with the same amount of energy and the same amount of confidence. That's why online presentations are harder because you're alone in your basement and you don't have that same audience. So how do we fix that? There's no quick fix, obviously, but there's some tricks that you could use. One is what I call a pre-training Zoom call, where you get five people you hate, put them on a Zoom call with you, and present in front of them so they can mock every little thing that you do wrong. So for example, let's say my lighting isn't right, the way that I'm dressed isn't right, my environment, my face, am I too far away from the camera, am I looking at the lens when I'm speaking? So people can comment on all those things and be very ruthless about it so that when you actually enter that boardroom meeting or that important presentation you need to give, 
you'll be much better prepared. The second thing that I encourage people to do is to imagine as if you know the people on the call, even if you don't. This conversation is a good example. We've just met, but my intention when I go into this is saying, hey, Jonathan's a really good guy. He's, he's starting this podcast to help a lot of people in his industry. So I I, so I'm going to assume as if I've known him for five years and I'm going to discuss with them as if we were both working together on the same project. So if you start to instill that mindset of always assuming good intention, you'll, you'll be more energetic and more helpful to those people. I love those tips. Uh, and again, I, I fall victim to the same uh, mistakes, I think, that, uh, that others do. We all have an opportunity to improve in these areas. And so uh, I would encourage uh, everyone who's listening, you know, uh, don't, don't try to tackle this in a way that you're going to feel overwhelmed. Um, you know, we're not going to change overnight um, the effectiveness of our, our public speaking and our presentation skills. Um, and, you know, some people really do kind of have a, a natural knack for it. Um, they're charismatic. Uh, they just, they're naturally um, energized people. And others don't necessarily have that natural talent, but they can still become really competent, um, effective public speakers. Uh, I, I truly believe that. And so if, if we can just be reflective and we can practice and we can get feedback from other people and we can just make small steps consistently over time, we can shift from being you know, someone who's highly anxious, someone who's... Um, you know, worried about uh, how they come off to other people um, in a way that, you know, detracts and, and negatively impacts uh, how, how they approach their presentations. If we can start to move past that, um, then everyone can learn to be effective public speakers. Uh, you may not be a Barack Obama, you may not be, you know, uh, any of these great orators, uh, Martin Luther King, um, but but you can be effective and you can get your point across and you, and you can help other, you can help bring other people along with you um, to have the kind of impact and change that you're looking for. Um, Brendan, it's been awesome talking with you before we finish up today. Uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts? And I would also like uh, the listeners to have a chance to know how they can get in touch with you. Um, find your YouTube channel, get uh, find more out about you. Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. So what I would say is at the end of the day with public speaking, like you said, you know, everyone has their own journey. Like me, when I, I was born and raised in Montreal and Montreal is one of the few cities where you need to speak multiple languages to be successful in. So I got put into a French curriculum, a French education system, but I didn't know how to speak French. So my whole life from the ages of five to 17, not only was I uncomfortable with presentations, I had to give them in a language I didn't even know. So if I can master public speaking, I am confident that everybody who's listening now, who has an area of expertise, who has a reason to present, can do it. Even if you're an academic professor, even if you're a student, everyone has that idea. Now it's just about refining it and understanding that public speaking can be taught in the exact same way as leadership is. In the same way that leaders aren't born, they're created. I believe as well that speakers are never born, but created as well. And if you want to get in touch with it, I'm not famous or anything. So feel free to just send me a message on Instagram. I'm at master your talk. I answer all my DMS. You can also message me on LinkedIn. So this is more of a business related podcast. And if you want to check out my YouTube videos where I share all of my best tips and tricks with a lot of the cl elite clients I coach for a living, 
that's your master talk in one word. Excellent. And that's very generous of you um, to, to take the time to respond to everyone's messages. Uh, I, I know how quickly that can become overwhelming um, as, as people start reaching out. Um, so I, you know, I appreciate that. And that's very generous. I would encourage um, all my listeners, uh, please look up uh, Brendan, look at all the great content he's creating. Uh, just today, I've learned some really great things and uh, have gotten some ideas that I'm going to try to implement um, in the near future. So I hope uh, this has been helpful for everyone. Uh, Brendan, uh, thanks again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And I hope everyone has uh, a wonderful rest of their week. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.